Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Uh, we had some great nights of prayer on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday here at the church. And Friday night, we ended with a, a time of anointing with oil, praying, laying hands on the sick. And, uh, and we believe with our whole heart that God is the God who heals. And we don't just want to declare it, but we want to put it into practice. And so Friday, we laid hands on every single person that came up for prayer. And uh, it was a blessed time. And uh, funny story, my wife, uh, I was already at church, so she came with the kids in our other vehicle. And then after it was all said and done, I just said, you know what? Um, since I have my own car, I'm just going to stay a bit longer. I'll do, finish up a few more things for church. And it was around 10.30 at night, I started to pack up my stuff and get ready to head home. And um, I realized I couldn't find my keys. And so, I, you know, everything was dark. We shut all the lights off already. So I was just walking around uh, with my iPhone light because I'm too lazy to turn everything back on. And I'm just looking around and I was basically spent half an hour trying to trace my tracks through the church. Uh, but there was this rem- like memory of, I had them in the service before prayer started and I thought I put them on the pew. I- and by this point it was 11 p.m. and I knew my wife was already sleeping because I-, I text her and I said, I'll be home around 1045, but that never happened. Um, so I-, I-, I said, I have no choice. And the reason why I searched for half an hour is because if I were to wake her up and then realize they were at the church, then I'd be in trouble, right? So I said, let me look as frantically as I can. Then I'll, I'll reach out to my wife if I feel like I've done all I could. I don't think it's here. So sure enough, uh, first phone call, rang, 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 no answer. I called again. I thought, oh, maybe she won't hear it. Um, second call, she picked up. Obviously, she was sleeping. And I'm like, babe, I don't have my keys. I can't find them. She's like, well, go in the sanctuary. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so, because she said Nathan may have been playing with them. So I, I looked on stage and around, and I couldn't find them. She goes, okay, fine, I'll get out of bed. I'll go check in the foyer at home. And she said, sure enough, they were in the diaper bag. So we don't know how it got there, and that's not the, the point of the story. Um, but they made their way into the diaper bag. And before hanging up with my wife, then I had to figure out, like, so do I sleep in, on the couch in my office? Um, do I take an Uber home? Or maybe do I call one of you to come and give me the drive, right? And my wife's like, no, no, don't bother people from church at this time. I said, okay, you're right. I said, babe, don't worry, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But I want to tell you something. I was committed to, to making my way home somehow um, and sleeping in my own bed, even though... Um, you know, our kids wake us up throughout the night. That's okay. I wanted to wake up in the morning with my wife next to me and with the kids screaming, (laughs) right? I was committed to that happening. So I said, babe, don't worry. I'll figure it out. If I'm home in the morning, you know I got home. If I'm not home, you'll have to (laughs) come pick me up, basically. But I was committed. So I got on my Uber app. I never take take it that much. So I'm very apprehensive about getting in a vehicle with a driver. I have no idea who they are. And sure enough, 
um, like within 30 seconds, the guy was like right outside. I'm like, it's, it's 11, 15 at night. Why? Like, they're here. And within half an hour, I was home before midnight. And uh, this was amazing for me. So I'm sneaking in and getting in bed and everything like that. Why do I go through all of this? I woke up with my wife by my side and with the kids screaming. So I was committed to that end, and, and I did what I had to do. Listen, it was a lot of time searching for keys, right? And it cost a lot of money, I discovered, to take an Uber. And then I'm like, it's a lot of money. But, and then it says, you know, do you want to tip the driver? Everything in me didn't want to because I was tired and, and grumpy. But I'm like, he, he picked me up at the church, and I told him, I said, yeah, I'm the pastor of the church. And I said, I have to bless this guy because he got me home to my family. So sure enough, um, I tipped him $5. I don't know in Uber world if that's good or bad, but for the price of the ride, I was like, that's pretty good, I think, for, for how I feel at least. And, uh, and I did it. I did it. Why am I telling you this whole story? I want you to know how I made my decision, actually, right? The money and all of this stuff, because I was committed. Why did I spend the money and give the tip and search first for the keys and go through all of that? The easiest option would have been just, hey, babe, pick me up in the morning. The keys are there. I'm going to just sleep here. But I was committed to something. To what? To getting home to be with my family. I was committed to sleeping in my own bed at night. I was committed to waking up, as I said, with my kids. I, I did all of that. I paid the price for Uber. And why am I saying all of this? What's the point? If you are committed to something, you'll find a way to make it happen no matter the obstacle. That's commitment. You'll find a way. Excuses, they don't exist because you'll just find a way. My mom, every time I remember growing up, she's like, Jonathan, where there's a will, there's a way. In her own simple way of saying and putting it, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. And, and the same is true with our commitment. You know, yes, I will search the whole church for my keys. I will wake my wife out of bed to find out where they are. I will grab an Uber, and I'm willing to pay the price. Why? Because I made a commitment, and I'm committed to it. So what is a commitment? Very simple. The definition in the dictionary. The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, or other things, or an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Listen, don't think of it as, well, I can't do that. When you make a commitment, it's basically you are restricting yourself from doing these other things. For example, if you have a desire to buy a house in the GTA, it's quite expensive. You need a good down payment. You might have to commit to not taking you know, fancy, luxurious vacations and instead save up the money to put a good down payment on a home. Um, and it's a good, a good idea to do that if you're looking to buy a house. Um, but there's a limit. You know, there, there's, that freedom is removed, not because someone took it from you, but because you made a commitment to something, then you have to start saying no to a few of these other things that are maybe not as important compared to the commitment that you have made and to seeing it through. You see, though our culture might not place a high value on commitments, you know, you think of marriage. People fall in and out of love. They get married and they just say, well, I'll just find someone else to love. That's not how it works. When we stand at the altar 
on wedding day, and I, and I marry couples all the time, you know, it's till death do us part. In rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, that's commitment. Commitment means when it's easy and especially when it's hard. That's what commitment means. But the world has, the culture, I should say, has, has cheapened the value of commitment because people break them all the time now. And we've just grown used to, well, it's okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Well, you know, someone breaks another commitment. There's hurt, there's damage, and people move on and they say, well, they'll get over it. But I have to submit this thought to you this morning that as believers and as the church, we are called to make commitments and to keep those commitments and to live committed lives. We are called to do that. It doesn't matter what culture tells us. We have to look at how God created us. And God created us for covenant. We live in covenant with Him. At the end of the service, we're going to partake of Holy Supper, communion, the elements, the bread, and, and the, the grape juice symbolizing the new covenant of His blood, which was shed for you and for me. His body that was broken for you and for me. So God, He's a God of covenant. He's a God of commitment. And He always keeps His commitments. He always keeps His word. We sang it, you're the God of the promise. So God knows how to keep His commitments that He makes to us. My question, if you're a believer here today, how are you at keeping your commitment to God? How are you at keeping your commitment to God? If you have your Bible, would you stand with me and turn to Daniel chapter 6? And just as we prepare, let me give you a bit of context as to what's going on. In um, the beginning of chapter 6, King Darius He's the king, he's in charge, and he basically breaks up uh, Mede into 120 provinces. He then selects 120 high officers who are going to now oversee these 120 provinces. And then from out of that, he has three administrators who will work with the high officers. And one of these three is a young man named Daniel. Now, Daniel is in exile here. He was removed from uh, his home, and he's brought in exile to Babylon. And they try to brainwash him and give him a new name and all this stuff. But Daniel, uh, we talk about the Daniel fast. Um, Daniel said, no, I'm not going to eat what the king wants. I'm going to do what, what we know is right to do and what God is telling us to do. He was resolved and resolute, and he stood firm always. And so these guys start getting upset because they can't find anything wrong with Daniel. And the one secret thing you need to know, which is in the Word, it's not really a secret, is that uh, he excelled in everything he did. And he was more capable, the Bible says, than not just the other three administrators, but even the other 120 people. And so uh, King Darius was getting ready to promote him to be like the highest person in all of his empire. And now the others are all upset. And this is where we're going to pick it up in verse 4 of chapter 6. If you're there, shout amen. amen. Here we go. Then the, off then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Here's why. He was faithful, always responsible, 
and completely trustworthy. That's some great characteristics, by the way. If you want to work on your character and improve your, your life, here are some great things. Follow Daniel's pattern. Verse 5. So they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, it's a lot of people, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. Verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, get this, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Jump with me to verse 16, actually. Can we go there? So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. Where, when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his eyes, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today, for the life of Daniel that we can draw from for ourselves this morning as we speak on the subject of commitment. Father, I pray you would bless every uh, person who not only hears but also does what your word tells us to do. Father, I simply ask for your anointing on my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might speak your word to your people in season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. And in the time that we have, uh, I just want to highlight a few things from Scripture, but really uh, I want to get to three commitments you need to make in 2019. That's the title of my message, Three Commitments You Need to Make in 2019. Uh, and we'll look through the life of Daniel. But in verse 4, and we started reading there, they couldn't find fault in Daniel. They tried. They were like, like how rotten were these people that they were doing research and trying to find. It's like Googling your enemy at work. No one does that, right? No one does that. Don't lift a hand. Don't say amen. But it's like Googling that person at work. And you're trying to find something about them. They're trying to find the, the dirt on Daniel. And they're looking. But here's the truth. When you live 
righteously before God, you're righteous before man as well. And guess what? They couldn't find any dirt on Daniel. And so they, they thought the only way we could get to, to Daniel is by observing what he does religiously, like w- with his God. Listen, he was in a foreign land, unfamiliar um, people. It's not like he had family and friends at home chilling with him to encourage him. Daniel, you got this. Don't worry. Those people that are out to get you, they got nothing on you. We got your back. Daniel didn't have that. He was in an unfamiliar place. He was there and he was excelling in what he was doing because the favor of God was on his life. How many of you want the favor of God in 2019, right? We all want that. But listen, we need to make sure that we commit our way to him. We want the blessing of 2019 to be upon us. Well, you got to make sure that where you set foot in this new year, that it's on the path that God tells you to walk. Some of us, we have ambitions, we have dreams, and those are great to have. But the Bible says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose shall prevail. And so you have to always submit and yield it to God. Lord, I would love to do this or accomplish this in 2019. But God, your will be done in this year still. God, lead me every step of the way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. I was having a conversation this week uh, about this verse with a friend and he said, you know what's interesting? The lamp is not like a headlight on a car that lights up the whole highway in front of you, but the lamp just gives you like sight or light enough to see the next step. Oftentimes we want to run, but the lamp unto our feet is what God desires for us as we step into this new year. And that's more than enough, I want you to know. But the question is, are you committed to stepping where that lamp is leading you in 2019? We want the favor of God, we want the blessing of God, but we have to make sure that we are committed to God in that way. And so Daniel, they couldn't find anything on him. It tells us in verse 4, he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Listen, that transcends two realms in his relationship with God, but also in his relationship and responsibilities on earth because he was excelling faster and far beyond the other people that were doing similar work. So it's not just a blessing, a spiritual blessing I'm talking about. I'm saying as you commit every single day to live faithfully, commit every single day to live righteously, That other people, your boss, other bosses, will promote you. They will. They will notice something different. I have a story that I share that when I was working at FedEx back in Montreal, I was a casual part-time employee, and I just put my head down and I worked hard. And it's pretty much how I was taught to do growing up. And you know what happened? Um, You know, when there's a job posting, everyone, everyone rushes to get like, on the list and get their, like, make sure they're there. I didn't even bother to put my name there just because I didn't really, I was still fairly new and all of that. And I just said, God, I'm here as long as you want me here. And I'm working hard, doing my thing, being faithful. And my boss came up to me. I didn't even apply for the position. And she's the one who said, um, you know, for the posting. I was like, yeah, but it was a bit, I was startled by it because I never applied for it. She goes, well, we want to give it to you and I want to know if you'll receive it or accept it. I said, um, 
Like, what are the hours? So I was going to work less in the day, but be paid more at the end of the day. Uh, so I said, yes, I don't have to think about it too much. Um, I'll take it. Thank you so much. I said, God, thank you. Like, you delivered it on a silver platter right to me. Um, but faithful and, and committed, right? And people on earth will take notice. Daniel's friends, well, friends, they weren't his friends. They were his enemies. They were they were trying to find something, even in his work ethic, how he governed all of his business for the king, and they couldn't find anything. There's a, a, a word called integrity that's not popular nowadays. Um, integrity, the way I would simply paraphrase or define it, is what you do when no one's looking. What you do when, when no one's looking. And how do you know who you really are? Well, it's what you do when no one's looking. That's how you define who you really are. Not the you that you portray in public or on social media, but the you that you are when no one else is around. And my question is, if you don't like the you that you are, you have an opportunity this year to make a difference in your own life and change your patterns, be a person of integrity, be a person that will be committed to the Word of God, to the teaching of God, to walking uprightly before God and men. And you will see the blessing of God in this new year. Can somebody say amen? And so Daniel, this is what he did. He was faithful. And they couldn't find anything. But they said, wait, his God, he's a religious guy. Maybe there's an area there that we can tap into. And, and so they knew that he was a man of prayer. And what did they do? They created a law. First of all, when they go to the king, they, they praised the king. So I've heard that how you win a person is with flattery. So they flatter him. Oh, how blessed are you, Darius. How's it going, king? Hey, by the way, can we propose this? That for 30 days, like why 30 days? What's so special about these next 30 days? Like Darius didn't even ask any of those questions. He, he just listened to them and said, okay. Okay, he was flattered enough that he just passed the law. And not thinking, right, Remember, Darius was about to promote Daniel to be the highest one in his empire. So he wasn't even thinking, will these two things conflict? He just said, okay, um, sure, because they, they were flattering him. He, he enjoyed it. Who doesn't, right? So he signs the law. But I love what Scripture tells us in verse 10. But Daniel, when he learned, sorry, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Say, as usual. When you are committed to your way, there's not a lot that can detract you from that journey and that path. As usual, he went upstairs to his room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. Remember, he was removed from his hometown, Jerusalem, and here he is as an exile in captivity in Babylon. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. I love verse 10 for the way it puts it. Just as he had always done. It's not that he didn't know about what happened. It says when even after he learned about what was going on, he went to his place of prayer as usual. My question for you is, what do you do when trouble comes your way? 
What do you do when trouble comes your way? I've heard it said trouble comes in your life to ask you one question. Who are you? <laughs> and you'll know, am I committed to this or am I not? Am I committed or am I not? And so Daniel, like nothing happens, goes upstairs as usual, opens his window. Because you think, well, okay, at least keep the windows closed. Because they're going to they're gonna catch you, right? So it's important that that's in Scripture to show you he was not afraid. And he did not care what would happen on the other side. Because his confidence was in somebody else. Not his boss, not the king, not these other guys. But his confidence was in his God. And that's why his commitment was in his God as well. And so Daniel opened the window towards Jerusalem as he did every single time. And he prayed three times a day. And this day was no different. And guess what? He's praying. Windows are open. Guess who's right outside listening? Yeah, those guys. His enemies. They, they then find, they hear him, they see him. They go report it to the king. And we read this in scripture. King Darius is struggling. He's struggling. Because he's like, oh man. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. I was just going to, like, we know the end of the story. He gets out without a scratch. But to King Darius, he's like, this is my best guy. This is, this is the Sidney Crosby of the NHL, if he's even the best player anymore. Right? I don't want to name any Leaf players that are really good either. <laughs> right? I'm a Habs fan, that's why. But this is the king's best guy. And he's saying, oh, it's like shooting yourself in the foot. He's saying, now I have to... So he's trying to find a loophole, and by the end of the day, these same guys who flattered him, they're like, uh, king, you know that once a law has been passed, you cannot change it, right? He's like, okay, let's get Daniel. They arrest him, and they bring him. And I love the fact that we're at the end of our seven days of prayer and fasting, and in our text, it says that King Darius, who's not a believer in God, says that he fasts all night long. And, uh, and I don't know what was going on there, but it said, and he didn't sleep all night either. And he actually abstained from his usual entertainment for the evening. So an unbeliever, we can say, was fasting for Daniel as well. This week, we've spent time fasting and praying. And I just want to encourage you for a brief moment. This isn't part of the sermon, but I just want you to know if you committed wholeheartedly to the seven days maybe some of you you tried you did it and it was just very difficult I'm not I'm not bashing you uh, I, I'm so happy that you at least tried and you did something uh, maybe as opposed to not even participating but our commitment to God I want you to know that it goes maybe unnoticed to men but it, it is noticed by God in heaven and, and, and listen, I've said this again, and I will keep saying it. We don't live for the approval of people. We live for the approval of heaven. Because if, if heaven is for us, who can be against us? And so uh, the amazing thing is Daniel, K King Darius, he's doing everything that he could think of to somehow help his, his main man, Daniel, not die. So he's abstaining from, he's really disturbed. And he's thinking, this is it. I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do after this. But Daniel wasn't in a panic. So when you're committed to the way of God, trouble will come. 
crazy things might come, like this might be the last night that he has. But Daniel says, I'm unmoved because my commitment is to God and I believe that he's going to take care of me. And this is what God does and this is who God is. Rick Warren said, nothing shapes your life more than the commitments you make. And we do have it on the screen. It might come up in a bit. I, I think I put it in the notes. Nothing shapes your life more than the commitments you make. What commitments have you been making in this new year already? Maybe you've made a commitment and you've already broken it. You said, I'm going to work out every day. And that's not happened. I haven't done that either. My wife reminded me clearly the last two days. She's like, that elliptical in the basement, right? I'm like, I know, I know, guilty. Nothing shapes your life more than the commitments you make. If your commitment is only to man, when trouble comes, I don't know what you're going to do. But when you've committed your way to, to God, let me tell you what, come hell or high water, my God always knows how to make a way out. He's the way maker, amen? And he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And this is who God is. We see Daniel's miraculous survival. He spends the night, and I mean, we, we could try to imagine being thrown into a den of lions. If you go to the zoo one day, don't try it, because I, I can't guarantee any results out of that. I leave that up to God. But, I mean, the human side of me, I'd be... I, peeing my pants, to be honest. I'd be afraid. Um, but the spirit man has to rise up inside of me and say, God, you're with me even through this. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right? When you know the word of God and it's inside your heart, in those dark moments, what God spoke to you, maybe in the light, in the darkness, it's still true. Do you know that? What God spoke to you in the light is still true when you're walking in the darkness. And it's important to understand that. God is the same. He doesn't change. What changes? Our circumstances. The things we walk through. Mountains, valleys, highs, lows, lefts and rights, detours. He's the God of it all. And as long as you commit your way to Him, guess what? God is with you. And He will never leave you. Some, there's some current flowing through the pulpit today amen he'll never leave you nor forsake you I didn't feel a shock so I'm okay I'm going to continue like nothing happened I'm not worried but there's not a scratch found on Daniel not even a scratch and I just want to read again verse 22 my God this is how he survived my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so there's divine protection when you're committed to the Lord. Divine protection. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me. And here's the most amazing part of it all for me. For I have been found innocent in his sight. In whose sight? The sight of the Lord. The sight of the Lord. Who put him in that predicament? Man. But in the sight of the Lord, he was innocent. And God knows the difference, my friend, between right and wrong. Between sin and what's not sin. 
God knows the difference and he's not fooled. And so he says, before God, I'm innocent. And I've lived worthily for the king as well. He's never done anything wrong towards the king. And it's important to, to, to note that in scripture. That oftentimes we, we live for the approval of man. And for our boss, we'll do anything. We'll say anything. We will lie if it means that we might be found favorable in the sight of our boss. We might bend and twist, you know, move the numbers, the digits, fudge some things to make it all look good. But guess what? You're not winning the approval of heaven. You won't be found innocent in the sight of God. I would rather my boss be upset at me and maybe I lose my job. But in the sight of God, I'm clean. I have clean hands, Lord. Lord, I'm committed to you first. Whatever happens this way, then, God, you will take care of. You'll help me. You'll give me a better job then. You'll promote me in a way I never thought was possible. This is who God is, friends. He is committed to you. How is your commitment level to him? I want to share with you three commitments you need to make in 2019. Are you ready for it? I hope you have your notes, your pens, your whatever you need to record it, your phone, your device. Number one, the commitment to Christ. The commitment to Christ. Three commitments you need to make in 2019. The commitment to Christ. Maybe you, you, you are a believer and you say, oh, I'm saved. I didn't say get saved again. Um, but are you committed to Christ the way he's committed to you? Are you committed to him? See, Daniel's faith was unwavering. Nothing could take him away from his prayer time because that's what he committed to doing for the Lord. Verse 10, again, he went home. He knelt down as usual. Windows opened. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. In the face of everything, even the law he heard of, he was giving thanks to his God. Verse 16, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. So King Darius also remarked that Daniel was faithful to his God. May the God who you served faithfully rescue you. Other people should take notice of your commitment to Christ. If, if you work on Sundays, or maybe there are some young people here, you're out looking for a job. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not available Sunday mornings from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. Or however that schedule has to work so that you can be here and, and let your boss know that this is your commitment. At growing up, I had to find work. But at the same time, I remember that, that when I was in high school, I was going to every grocery store and trying to, you know, hand it. And when I would say, I can't work Friday nights and I can't work Sunday mornings, they would ask me why. And they would say, uh, I would tell them, well, because I'm part of my youth group. I lead worship. I'm a youth leader. And on Sundays, I play drums at my church. Every single Sunday, I'm committed to showing up because this is what I do. And they said, unfortunately... We, uh, we're looking, you have to work Sundays. So I said, well, it's okay. I guess I don't have to work yet. As a young kid, that was good news to me. I said, Dad, I tried, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I was unwavering in my commitment. And my parents, they didn't discourage me and say, oh, well, tell them you could work and just do whatever you, you need to work and learn to, the discipline of work. And no, they said, you know what, we're proud of you that you let them know that this is what you want to do. And they didn't force me to say that about Friday and Sunday. This was my commitment to God as a young 16-year-old boy. And so we are committed to Christ 
in the same way Christ is committed to us. Notice I didn't say that our first commitment is to the church. I didn't say it. Uh, obviously, it's important to commit to this. Um, but Joel Osteen, I, I actually heard this from him. He said, you can be committed to church, but not committed to Christ. Right? You could show up every Sunday, but there's no Christ in your heart. There's no Christ in your life. So you can be committed to church, but not committed to Christ. But you cannot be committed to Christ and not committed to church. Which, which is food for thought. Let that sink in a bit. Right? And, and the emphasis here is, as your commitment to Christ is strengthened, you can't help but belong in the house of God. In the family of God. As your commitment with Him is strengthened, you can't help but be connected here. And that's going to lead us. Joshua 24.15 said this. But if you refuse to serve the Lord or commit yourself to the Lord, if you want to say it that way, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, or my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is the commitment that we have to make. Parents in the house, you lay down the commitment for your children. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Sundays, this is what we do. It might sound a little old school, but I want to tell you what. As a kid, I needed my parents to tell me that. And guess what? Our children, we're modeling it and we bring them. So parents, it takes a commitment on your part as well to get your, pick yourself up Sunday morning, roll yourself out of bed and say, remind yourself, as for me and my house, I said it to my kids, so now I'm going to model it after them, for them. Kids, let's go. We're getting ready. We're going to church and we're going to be on time today. We're going to be on time because worship is through the roof. Worship is through the roof. We're going to be on time, and we're committed. Number one, the commitment to Christ. Number two, the commitment to connect. The commitment to connect. As your commitment to Christ is strengthened, your commitment to connect with the family of God also gets strengthened as well. So you need to commit to connect. Daniel was captive. He was far away from everything that was familiar. He was alone with the exception of three friends that we find in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, those are the three new names that they were given in Babylon. Um, but people joke that the Christian life would be easy were it not for other people. And I get that. Sometimes it's harder to, be, to live in relationship with people. Uh, but the blessing also comes with people in the family of God. The power of church life is that we were designed to be interconnected and interdependent. Not independent, interdependent. In other words, I need you as much as you need me. I need you as much as you need me. And, and this is how God designed church life to work, that we be connected. That's why God tells God, our Father, calls us sons and daughters. It's the picture of a family being connected. And guess what? Children don't have the privilege of choosing who their family is, right? Josiah, Abby, my kids, they don't get to choose. Well, guess what? As the church, this is our family, whether you like it or not. And we have to learn to work together, to live together, to do life together, to share each other's burdens together, to rejoice together, to weep together, to do life together. 
It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes commitment to stay connected. But in 2019, this is a commitment you need to make, that I'm going to stay connected to my brothers and sisters at church. We are the church. It's not this building. We are the church. A lot of times we think that church exists for me. Church exists for me. I submit to you that that, that's not the case. We are the church and we exist for the world. So we need to make sure we're connected here. We are building strong roots with people here that when others come, they sense the belonging in this house. And this is what we need to ensure in 2019. So let me just give you a few practical things. I'm well aware of the time. This will be available on the podcast this week for you to catch up if I'm just going a little too fast for your liking. So how can you connect? I just want to give you really practically some simple ways. Attend church regularly. Some of the best um, times are spent here. I stay pretty much the last person to leave every Sunday just because I want to make sure that if there are people that want to connect with me and I want to connect with them, that we have some time to do that. So attend church. Uh, We have Friday nights. Uh, Friday nights are not accidentally called Connect Night. We, we want to make those nights times where we can have Bible study, but where we can chat, where we can catch up on the week and just see how things are. Kind of a different pace than a Sunday morning. So it's important to know that. For women, we have women with purpose. It's much more than a social, don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you want to connect with women, share each other's burdens and struggle, uh, I encourage you, connect, show up on the 21st of January at 7 p.m., Women with Purpose. Uh, you will find purpose in being connected together as well. And participate in, in events that we have in the coming year. I already warned you a good way. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday, and I'm going to share some specific things that God has laid on our heart as leadership of the church, and uh, I've shared it with the board, and we're super excited, and I'm going to tell you what, the vision is going to drive us to our knees. It has to, or else it's not God's vision, it's just man's vision. The vision has to drive us to our knees, but we will need you to get involved and to serve. That's another way you can get connected. You know what? Sometimes that's all you need to realize the life and vibrancy that there is in the church. Serve at an event and you realize, this was, this was cool. I got to know people, got to chat a bit and, and get to know a few more names and faces. Um, so I encourage you, when we say, hey, there's a sign-up sheet at guest services, be the first one to sign up. Let that list, let it be like a hot list where if, if you, you're not the first person there, it's already filled up. Uh, and, and we will grow in this connected way together. And then lastly, which is almost the most logical thing, but sometimes the hardest one to do, is just introduce yourself to new people. Introduce yourself to people you might not know here in this room. And you'll see, like, you'll, you'll start to get to know some names and people and some stories behind the faces. And you realize, wow, God is at work. Even though maybe we don't all perceive it at the same time, but God is at work. So number two, the commitment to connect. And then the last one is the commitment to going deeper. The commitment to going deeper. I know that... Um, It's been said, and I think, Cal, you're the one who introduced me to this quote. uh, We don't want a church that is an inch deep and a mile wide, right? A lot of people, but we don't go deep. Um, We want to focus in 2019 on going deeper. We want to commit to going deeper in the Word. 
we want to commit to going deeper in prayer, in your, in your worship, in your giving, and in His presence. We will commit to going deeper. You already know we've done a few uh, prayer nights this year already, but uh, the first week of every month, um, the Sunday night, we're calling it Encounter Night. It's a time of prayer. We might have worship uh, from time to time, but we really want to make it a place where God's presence, um, just we spend time soaking in His presence and, and saying, Lord, we want more of you. You know what I've realized? God has called us to be salt and light, and sometimes we lose the saltiness, the light grows dim. How do we regain those things? By spending time in His presence. Spending time kneeling at this altar, saying, God, I seek your face above everything else. Lord, I just want you, and I give you my heart afresh and anew. It's the altar of commitment. And we're going to do this at the start of every month. Why? Because at the beginning of every month, we're putting God first. We're saying, God, we want to go deeper. Show us more. As deep calls out to deep. We want to know. And in reading the Word, I just want to show, if we could show the version slide. How many of you have a phone that has the Bible app or version? Let me see your hand. It's, it's a good number of you in the room. And, you know, I prefer this for reading. Just there are a number of reasons, but one is my phone has so many notifications and pop-ups and reminders that oftentimes I, sh- I sit to read the Word and I'll get detracted. I know with this Bible and pages, you know, I could, highlighters and pens, I can't get distracted. That's just me. You do you, I'll do me. Uh, but version has uh, some great Bible reading plans that, you know, maybe you've tried to sit there and you just don't know how to do it or how to get started or how to commit to reading for a year. You can find uh, reading plans. One of them that I found was read 42 chapters a day, and I forget how quickly. Uh, I think it was 90 days or something like that. You'll be through um, the whole Bible. But that's not for me. I know that for a fact. So if you say, hey, in a year I want to get through the Bible, there are yearly reading plans available. And if, if you need that kind of help to commit and for the discipline of committing, I encourage you, do it. You, if you say, I don't have a smartphone, but I want an annual Bible reading plan, you can Google it, and you could find it. You could print it out, and you could do it manually or go to a Christian bookstore, Agape, on Steeles Avenue right here, and you could find everything that you need to stay committed to going deeper in 2019. Can you say amen? amen. You see... Second uh, Timothy 1.12, and we close with this as we prepare our hearts for communion, says this, for, for which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, when you commit to the things of God, when you commit to the things of God, you're actually coming under His covering and under His protection. When you say, God, my children are yours. God, I commit my kids to you, Lord. I dedicate them to you. I commit them to you. God takes great delight because he, He's the rock of ages. He's the shelter like no other. And He will keep your commitment safe. And He will protect you and He'll watch over you. So three commitments that you need to make in 2019. The commitment to Christ. The commitment to connect. And the commitment to going deeper. 
I know in whom I've believed in, and I'm persuaded that he will keep that which I've committed to him until that day. What have you committed to him? 2019. What have you committed to doing? These three things. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to know your heart. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay committed to Christ. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I'm committed to connecting, not just showing up to church, but actually getting to know the people that are here. And I will bring you glory and honor in this year of 2019. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.